0: Hey, 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 yay, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Not Enough Mikes. Thanks for joining me. Hope you've enjoyed the pods thus far. You know, I'm a fucking very lucky guy to have the friends that I do. And that's when I started this podcast. That's what I wanted to share. I want to share some amazing people that I know that are doing some really cool things. My guest coming up, who you'll listen to, but an hour pod uh is a very very cool guy he's not just bronze and fists but he's also a very intellectual man who just wrote a book and i'm very happy to share this with everybody so i really hope you enjoy the pod um enjoy it check out not enough mike's podcast ig on ig and i uh, hope you enjoy the episode peace my guest not just a set of fists as a former mma fighter although he's as tough as he is cool He's turned his dog-like approach from the ring and turned it into a thoughtful look inside himself with his new book, The Way of PK. A great guy, my friend, Ian Junkyard Dog. What's up, brother? I know,
1: just
0: hanging in my place, (laughs) much like uh, the rest of us. Just just hanging out. Just something's going on, eh? Everybody's just hanging out now?
1: Yeah, absolutely making the most
0: of it. Yeah, what's been your isolation game so far? Um, well, you know, my job uh, is deemed an essential service,
1: so I am uh, out more than I would like to be, mm-hmm. but realistically, I imagine it's pretty similar to how much I'd be out if I was <laughs> had the luxury of staying in all the time, so it's pretty minimal, but uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it's, it's challenging times for everyone.
0: It is. It is. It's a. It's a weird. It's a, such a strange, strange place we live in now. It's almost impossible not to talk about it, right? It just, yeah,
1: I, I think uh, when we were planning on doing this again, I thought, oh man, really? Like everything seems so much less important now than it did a little while ago, right? Like the the focus is on uh, taking care of ourselves, each other. And, planet and it's I think if anything
0: that's a positive it's it's gotten us uh, the focus off ourselves yeah yeah i I couldn't agree more I think it hopefully you know out of the out of the bads, uh something can blossom and become good out of this i'm I'm optimistic that it will i'm optimistic it'll be hopefully just for a short period of time uh so yeah, but that did disrupt our plans to get back together because I have to thank you again because I'm a little mani- maniacal and we did an interview over at your beautiful house and I just didn't want to put it out there because I didn't like it. You were fantastic, <laughs> but so thank you for tolerating and taking the time again wow, to join man. me.
1: Thanks again for having me. Much appreciated.
0: <laughs> My pleasure, and I've told you this before, and I will tell you again, and we're going to get into this, but uh, part of the reason why I started this podcast, i know I've told you this a few times, um, but part of the reason why I started this is because I read your book and saw that you had written it. I hadn't read it yet, but I had you sent it to me, and, uh, it's a huge motivation just to see a guy that, uh, is so well-rounded and, you know, go from your amazing, your fighting career and then to write this amazing book about yourself. So I just want to say thank you for that.
1: Well, no, that's awesome. And I, I think, you know, it's, uh, the, the biggest, uh, joy I've gotten out of writing a book it is seeing that, uh, you know, people are, uh, doing their own things now and, and putting themselves out there and, and, and making, uh. Most of the time that we have here, it's pretty cool, and, and I really appreciate uh, you saying
0: that. So, thank uh, you. Hey, my pleasure. Quote a little Kanye. If you admire someone, go. You should go tell them. People never never get the flowers when they can still smell them. <laughs> it's kind of, <laughs> it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm so white, but uh but it's true, right? It's true. You got to pump out of the, people's tires. I think that's an important thing to do. So, yes, thanks for that, and thanks for coming back on. So, I brought up a few things. You've written a book. Uh, your former fighter um MMA fighter and uh and you keep him quite busy in, in your regular life. So I want to talk a little bit about your fighting career because Sure. Yeah, so I know it was uh it was stopped early due to your back injury had a, some surgeries as well, but uh you grew up uh not thinking about fighting and you randomly got into it over some type of uh what is it? Me- messenger conversation with the uh, the legend Evan Tanner. Sure. That that yeah, that's
1: a bit that's a kind of a stretch. I'll explain. Uh, So I think I started uh, following fighting uh, at a much younger age when uh, my father brought back like a VHS of one of the early UFCs. And at that time when I watched it, I didn't think, you know, this is what I want to do. This is something that I'm going to get into, but it was always in the back of my mind. And whenever a new UFC would come out, we'd rent it. And, And so it was, Around but I think having brothers was likely what got me into into fighting. you have a twin brother who's like the the most perfect training partner you're absolute just, double just a mirror so yeah so so we grew up uh fighting each other often and we had an older brother, and uh we would go at him too, and uh, like at an early age, Al, my older brother he uh, he got us um uh, these like big pillow boxing gloves so we were always just knuckling up in front of his friends and things like that mm-hmm. um and then i started uh wrestling with friends who went to uh, other high schools um because the high school that you and i both went to didn't nope. have a wrestling program nope. and uh when i got to university um i was i wanted to kind of pursue uh, wrestling and training but there was no uh wrestling team at the university I was at, so I was uh, watching. I downloaded uh, UFC Behind the Glory on, uh, I believe it was like LimeWire back in the day, and I watched. Uh, it was the, the episode was uh, Evan Tanner preparing to fight uh, Rich Franklin, and at the time it was outdated, um, and Evan had had losses his, his title to Rich, but uh, the episode kind of sparked my interest a lot more uh, as to uh, who Evan was and kind of challenged my um, ideas of what or who a fighter was. So I Googled him after that and got in contact uh, with his MySpace page and I set one up, sent him a message and uh, oddly enough, we started corresponding. So uh, around 2003, I started talking with Evan on my space. <laughs> and, uh, yeah,
0: that was the time. That was the time. Wasn't it? What did it graduate? Yeah. What did it graduate from? Like M or I- ICQ? Was it? it was a- oh yeah.
1: It was, uh, <laughs> ICQ to like Messenger. When I showed up at university, everybody had Messenger and oh, I was yeah. still rocking the ICQ. It's was like, what's your ICQ number? we <laughs> <laughs> yeah. knew what I was talking about.
0: Uh-oh, uh-oh.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I got in touch with Evan on MySpace uh, and then kind of uh, followed his blogs. He had stopped fighting. He lost uh, his title to uh, to Rich Franklin and uh, he was just uh, basically traveling around, going on adventures, um, with a lot of uh, drinking involved as well. So um, we corresponded throughout uh, like 2003 to 2007, and then I moved in with him uh, when I, after I started fighting.
0: Yeah, so for those who don't know who Evan Tanner is, if you've lived under a rock, unfortunately Evan had passed away, and uh, you can go into a little bit more depth of course with your relationship but he was an absolute legend in the, in, the, in the UFC world. If you've ever watched any of the former UFCs, you, you know of Evan Tanner, and he was an absolute animal. So you met him yes. on MySpace, and it says a lot about his character, to get back to you, and then you guys had built this relationship online, and then you, you ended up moving in with him, correct? Was that in Vegas, or was it, that was in yeah, Vegas?
1: Yeah, in, in Vegas, yeah. So Evan, I think, you know, looking back on it now, um, I think Evan was one of the first, really to embrace uh, social media. And he started uh, Team Tanner, which is essentially like an online uh, band of misfits who were following Evan and his adventures. And when he um, decided to get back into fighting, uh, Team Tanner kind of uh, became an entity and uh, he wanted to have a house set up For uh, some, you know, at first it was for underprivileged youth or uh, people kind of struggling uh, to find good training and and make a go at fighting professionally. The goal was to have a group of guys in a house in Oregon. Uh, All the money that the guys made fighting would go back to the house and it would be kind of like a commune thing. And at the time, when everyone was writing about that, um, everybody was going crazy online saying, it's a cult, it's (laughs) don't don't go Evans lost his mind. He's an alcoholic. It's, this is going to be a bad venture.
0: So why, and, why, why were uh, they, so there there's a little bit of people outraged. No surprise there. People like to <laughs> spew a lot of weird things online, but what, what was the reason they like, they were saying it because he was an alcoholic or, or, or what, yeah, what were some so, of the other so, reasons? Yeah.
1: So Evan's uh, blog or his entries on, on MySpace, space often, um, were about his adventures, and, and he uh, detailed his kind of no, I wouldn't say he would consider it a struggle, but his uh, his his alcoholism, and uh, he you know he wrote about having like beer for breakfast often, not remembering the last time he had a meal, and uh, gambling all the money that he had, and it people, um, you know, it, it didn't present as a guy who was ready to fight in the UFC again or a guy who was ready to uh, give up drinking and pursue a, a career as a professional athlete again so uh, I believe it was early October um, no it was late October 2007 he uh, he announced that he, was, he had set a date he stopped drinking and he was going to make a run for the middleweight title and uh, I moved in with him November 1st or 2nd Wow. so uh, at that time, I had a one and zero record, um, and Evan was getting ready to fight uh, Yushin Okami. So he was setting up his training camp between Vegas and uh, Salt Lake City, and he invited me to uh, to be a part of that.
0: Wow, so you guys developed a pretty uh, pretty strong relationship, having moved in with him. Just himself getting clean. Now going back to what he did, um, setting up that house, it seems like a guy that knew he struggled a little bit, but was like reaching out to you know others that struggled um, and trying to help them get off the ground. So maybe in his whatever state he was in at that time, he was just really looking just to help out as well, which is really cool. Uh, Yeah,
1: I think you know Evan, uh, as much as he. Battled uh, his his primary focus was was always uh, you know giving back and, and helping others. There's countless stories of you know Evan showing up at uh, charity drives. Uh, he flew out to Texas on his own dime to help build a playground at a school. You know there's there's so many stories of, of you know him, him putting himself and his, his uh, issues aside to go help others. And I think you know that that, uh, that meant a lot to him and i think you know i think most people who uh have the the honor of being close with evan that's something that uh we've been able to to kind of carry on mm
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's great that's a great friend that I, you do you do mention a lot of posts with him and your guys relationship with your songs. so tell us about a little bit about your vegas apartment cuz you you've told me about this <laughs> let everybody know what that setup was like
1: yeah, it's so, not. It's not. Um, it's
0: probably not what. It's certainly not what I thought when you told me the story. Yeah. So, get so a we picture. lived. We lived right on Flamingo,
1: and you know, I, I I didn't really know what to expect when I when I showed up because before Evan, um, he was in Oregon, and then he was in California, and then he moved to Vegas. So he had only been in Vegas a short period of time. Prior to me moving in with him, he was sleeping under the the ring at a gym that we trained at called Hard Knocks Muay Thai, and uh, so he had just got uh, a condo on uh, to rent. And when I showed up, there was nothing. So Evan had a like a little roll out mattress, a single. Uh, he had his books, and I slept on a futon, and we would watch uh, DVDs on a laptop at. Had on a cardboard box in the living room, and uh, we heat heat the place at night because Vegas it gets pretty cold at night in the winter months, yeah. and uh, we heat the place with the the oven. So <laughs> it was it was bare bones, but I wouldn't have had it any other way.
0: No, no, and you got to uh, you certainly get close to someone when you're living in those uh, those type of confines. Now, me, yeah, so so why do you think your relationship? Uh, was that strong and uh, why do you, how do you how did you guys build that relationship and how did you how did you become such best friends what, what's the, what's some of the reasons honestly i it's i don't i it's hard to say i think you know uh initially
1: uh evan just responded to me like he would have responded to, to anybody else and uh, uh maybe some of the things that i was going through like when i started university. Uh, I was quite uh, kind of, I wouldn't say it, not clinically depressed, but I was just bummed out. I, I didn't have much direction. Uh, I wasn't uh, involved in any athletics. So I was just kind of drinking and eating and, and being a slob. I didn't enjoy school. And uh, so I think, you know, I I was a bit lost. And I think, you know, Evan and I have a bit in common in that sense um, when, when he was battling, what he was going through. And then maybe timeline-wise, when I was uh, getting focused on on getting my act together and, and wanting to pursue uh, fighting professionally, I, I think Evan was kind of thinking about that at the same time as well. And he offered to uh, to basically house me if I ever, uh, you know, after I won my first fight, and wanted to kind of get to the next level and. So it might have just been a timing thing, and yeah. then uh, it's hard to say. Yeah, no, I got you. I got you. <laughs> I think he—he was he, just a—he was just a great guy, yeah. and I think you know he uh, again—he was a giving guy, and I think um, you know after the the team Tanner House in Oregon uh, didn't work out, there was a you know a, an ample opportunity for for him to continue that, and uh, I was the uh, right time, right place.
0: Yeah. True enough. Eh? And, so, and sometimes I know when that's always a, maybe a pretty generic question, but it's almost like, there's almost a very simple answer, right? Like if I ask some of my best friends, why do you like them? It's like, I don't know. They're just cool, dude. <laughs> just, yeah. Just
1: yeah. Fine. I don't know if there's a, yeah. a, 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 a recipe exactly,
0: <laughs> no, but, uh, no, but you, yeah. you certainly know brotherhood though. Having uh having a twin. I always wanted a twin. I'm always jealous of people that have twins. If I ever have children, I would love a twin boy, a twin girl. Uh,
1: you know what I think? Yeah, like like being a twin is interesting. And, uh, you know, you're not going to find a relationship uh, kind of – my brother and I are almost identical. Like, we are identical twins, but we're identical in many other ways. And I think, you know, when we get together, lots of our family get annoyed because we have, like, our (laughs) our twins speak and get each other going. So, yeah, being a twin is pretty cool. And it's – yeah, so it it also – gives you the opportunity and you, you you value close relationships when when you have a relationship like that with a twin right so yeah it was uh, a, a relationship with evan and my other close friends is similar to that so it's yeah. cool
0: shout out brad what's up buddy uh and then you what's guys were on? a force on the basketball court too never knowing who to guard that was always a struggle when I guard <laughs> twins you know like it's always a little bit of an advantage
1: <laughs> yeah, no, and we uh, yeah we looked a, a lot of like during high school. So yeah, it was uh, being able to play with him was awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you talked about when you moved into with Evan, you are one and zero. Now you, as we spoke about a little bit earlier, you got your career got shut down because of your back injury. Um, but yeah. you ended up having three fights and i'm gonna p- post your youtube video on my uh on my social because there's a, <laughs> there's a three minute video of you just beating the shit out of people and if anybody wants to get pumped up for anything that they're doing in life or if you're just sitting around during this isolation go watch that i'm gonna post it it is amazing i appreciate that oh that's man funny. i love i've probably watched i don't know how many times i probably watched it 25 times i'm just like it's just great that's awesome uh, yeah. and i love watching it because it's something that i am scared of to death of fighting we getting in a fight with somebody I've been in fights before but I hated every second of it and so when I look at now that I know you and I know you've been this uh fighter um tell me what it's a little what it's like are you scared like getting into the ring
1: I don't think um no I, I don't think fear really uh, played a part of you know my like, pre-game <laughs> thought process uh, nervousness, for sure. Um, it's it's an exciting experience. I, I, I think for me, um, just trying to go in as prepared as possible. Uh, and, and I approached it all as uh, obviously you go in and you you want to win, but uh, I, I looked at it as a, the overall experience is I was going to learn something uh, about myself every time I was in there, and I think when you are competing in front of you know, thousands of people, um, it, it's your, your true character kind of comes out. And uh, <laughs> I, I liked uh, testing myself in, in that way and, and putting it all on the
0: line. Yeah, you could tell there's a reason why your name is Junkyard. <laughs> <laughs> An absolute. I wasn't lucky enough to see you uh, in person, but I've certainly seen all the videos and the fights, and uh, they're absolutely Fantastic. So, no fear. You're kind of just letting the adrenaline um, take over. Now, your training. You mentioned before that you were, like, during some of your training, you're, you're training with just regular dudes with 9-to-5s, right? Yeah. So,
1: like, in mixed martial arts gyms, when I was fighting, yeah. um, it, it was still wasn't as – it's nowhere near as popular as it is today. Um, but, you know, there was the, the core group of fighters uh, at most gyms that had guys competing that you would train with uh, often, but the likelihood of I you know I fought at a uh, hundred when I first started fighting there was no hundred and thirty five pound class. So I, I was fighting at one forty five. Um, so what's generally, that, what is
0: that called? what's that division called? Is that feather weight. Okay, Bam okay.
1: and uh, the one forty five was at featherweight. But when I started um, going to gyms it was it was rare to have little guys to train with. So um we, we were we training with uh, most of the guys were like lightweights, welterweights, uh, middleweights and uh gyms. Just you know, fighting is not a, a lucrative uh, business. So most fighters are struggling to pay their gym memberships and, and a lot of the times you're you know, you're representing the gym so they'll they'll kinda of hook you up with a free membership. But the the bulk of training partners are guys who maybe want to compete but then there's also a handful of uh you know the average joes that are doing it for for fitness but they would jump in and spar and uh yeah it was we were talking when we talked earlier it was way before we had any um real understanding of of you know cte and what we were doing to one another and let alone guys who probably have to use
0: their brains at work yep. yeah yeah because we did talk about that and like you know we, we know a lot of there's so much has come out and i think they've spearheaded it, the nfl of course with all the ctes and concussions but then uh, that has got to be a not a concern but something that it would happen on a regular basis right they like you probably can't even count how many times you've been punched in the face right no and and i think you know impact wise I, off
1: the charts and the, the amount of, right. you know, punches, kicks, uh, you know, takedowns, slams, all these things, like it all adds up. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, I've had scans uh, on my brain relatively recently with uh, no huge uh, red flags, but uh, it's a, a definite concern, you know, as as I age, how my, my memory is holding up and, and how my cognitive functioning will be and i know uh just the nature of of combat and contact sports it's uh definitely uh an issue that needs yeah, to
0: be it's really kind come, of spoken about it, yeah it's really come to the forefront now with a lot of the conversations uh, resu- resulting in sports uh, it looks like so many people are pulling their kids out of football um and they're just choosing to play other sports there's i think it's going to change the landscape here depending on the how, how the rule changes go but all at the same time it's almost something you sign up for right like you know that this is going to happen you perhaps at the time you didn't know the extent the extent but it's almost something that you sign up for as an athlete isn't
1: it i think absolutely i mean you know when you're when you're making money competing uh, you know and uh, every athletic commission at least for you know combat sports have um, medical requirements so you know stage to state it varies and, and province to province it varies but for the most part they're asking for uh, you know they want a ct scan done they want all the blood work and and overall physical some some provinces want egs and things just to kind of protect them liability wise but it's also going to protect uh you know any athletes from getting uh suffering uh you know devastating or life ending,
0: yeah uh, blow how many times have you been knocked out or knocked out or, or knocked out someone whether in competition or just like uh, training like I'm sure that, ha- that had to happen a few times right
1: Yeah I think you know I, I only had um, one I had a flash knockout uh, I was training with a guy his name was Sam Stout he fought in UFC. he was getting ready to fight uh, a grappler by the name of Matt Wyman so oh, yeah. my job was to mimic um, Matt's style. So I was only going for, you know, setting up takedowns and and shooting and shooting and shooting. And and Sam was working on timing um, kind of his his shots. And he had uh, protective gear on and as did I. But I shot in and and I guess uh, he caught me with a knee and I dropped quickly. And I don't remember any of this. But I guess, you know, he stopped, asked if I was okay. And some of the other people watching were curious as to how I was doing. And I finished. I said I was fine. I finished the round. I did a couple more rounds. Um, and then, you know, the practice, generally, the pro practice we were at started at four, ended at six. And we'd stretch in the beginning and stretch at the end. And from when Sam need me, uh, probably 15 minutes of of. Firing had occurred after that, and then we were cooling down, stretching. And uh, I came to, and I looked at the clock, and I looked at the uh, guy beside me. I was like, "It's six o'clock." Like, yeah, like, but practice is just starting. And I had oh. I lost like two hours of my life. And slowly, like you know, I stayed at the gym, I drank some water, and and uh, things kind of came to. And it was uh, uh, one of our partners, uh, dad was a doctor, and he looked me over and gave me the okay. But I took a couple couple weeks off after that. Yeah. But luckily, you know, I, I uh, the, that's I, and I was just on autopilot, and I fin- like I finished rounds, and I'm sure the the shots I took after that probably didn't no. help me out any. No. But uh, oh no, I, I, I've seen uh, I've seen some, some a lot of KOs and and gyms, and most of the time it's accidental, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it's not like guys are, um, for the most part, going into slugfest at the gym, but it's uh, you know when
0: you're throwing hands and kicks at yeah. each other's heads. You it's, know, the, yeah. it's the it's the nature of the sport. It's it's similar yeah. to, of course, basketball. You're going to catch an elbow um, every now and then. Just the nature. If you're going to play the game, you're going to roll your ankle. Obviously, it's a, it's heightened <laughs> because you're you're tossing gloves uh, with you guys and uh, you're trying yeah. to kick each other's ass now. Of course, you went uh well you went 2 and 1 but you don't like the uh result of the the third fight is that correct
1: Yeah no I think you know I mean <laughs> I I wouldn't consider it a loss and I and I don't mean that as a, a dis- disrespectful uh kind of view on things um but I think you know that it was a super uh competitive fight uh, i felt like i was in some dominant positions landing some good shots when there was an opportunity for the ref to stop it and he didn't and then when i was um and i had been in bad positions where the ref maybe had could have had uh, a reason to stop it earlier in the fight as well and didn't and then the third round uh he thought that uh i was choked uh Unconscious, but I was wasn't. Um, but again, you know, like I was in a, a bad position. I shouldn't have been in. And uh, referees are human, so I think uh, when I look back again to that fight, uh, I was supposed to fight a guy named uh, Matthew Boncourt. He was a UGC champion. So that fight for me was going to kind of set me up for the the next level. Um, beat a beat a champion who had some uh, good names on his record. Uh, and then he got a staph infection a couple of weeks out and they uh, replaced him with a guy named Scott Hammond and they wanted to change the weight class. So I agreed to a catch rate And then uh, at the, the way like the day before the weigh-ins, I went to the hotel and was with me and uh, we saw Scott and his wife and they were staying on the same floor. And uh, he said he could make 135 and I told him I, I didn't, like, it didn't matter. We were going to fight anyway if it was 135 or 140. And then uh, the next day at the weigh-ins, he no showed, And his uh, you know, his wife uh, said that he wasn't feeling well. So a guy uh, named Remy, he took t- t- the fight. Uh, so it was a total like, cluster, uh, you know, different opponents, different weights, different skill sets. So uh, overall, it was uh, a positive experience. I just... I wouldn't consider it a loss per
0: se. (laughs) Good, good. It's like I've never committed a foul in my life in basketball. Not that I played, not not that I ever played on a close to a level of basketball uh, that you did fighting, but uh, it's, yeah, I think you always got to think you win every fight. That's what makes, uh, that's what separates uh, athletes. That's for sure. So I like that. Um, Yeah. So then your your injury, of course, uh, took you out. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you have like a lot of athletes, regardless of career? There's always what ifs. Um. What are your some of your? Do you have any what ifs uh, within your career? Like
1: you know what I I think for a long time uh, I held on to that and I kind of tried to use that as motivation to get back into it and um kind uh, it it it. It kind of hindered my progress uh, life-wise, life-wise in my life, because I I put that as a priority. Um, I didn't kind of pursue uh, real careers. I didn't kind of pursue real relationships. Uh, I was always, you know, train, 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 train. uh, And um, so I've learned to let go of the what-ifs. I think, you know, with when I was my healthiest. And I think com- would have competed at the highest levels right before I hurt myself. And, and I think it, it kind of bummed me out that nobody kind of got to see the level I, I got to. But uh, I've come to terms with that.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Well, you do. That's where you got to take the grade out of what you did. And uh, there's not too many people that uh, can step in a ring like what you did and absolutely beat people up as you did i know that i uh, watching from afar because of course i was living out west but watching your your career develop was awesome and seeing all the boys rally around and go to all your fights was great um so i've asked yeah. i've asked you this before too like literally like like let's even say like i'm at my peak like strength and conditioning and you are how long is it gonna take you because <laughs> i'm just like six three call me at 215 at that at the time when i'm like in decent shape how long would it take you to like either put me in a hold or like knock me out that's like, like it, it would it wouldn't take long and i think you know the, that's the the it,
1: it's it's such a difficult thing to explain to people that that haven't um competed in have walked into a gym and tried to learn grappling like or walk onto a mat and try and wrestle or walk into the ring and and try and box or kickbox. Like it's such a, it's such a uneven playing field. So someone who's trained in competing at a a professional level against someone who's never done it is
0: (laughs) the, the odds are stacked against you. I can imagine. I can imagine. It's quick. Yeah, because you used to line up all the boys too, like at parties and stuff, right? Be like, okay, who's next? Who wants to get in a press? Yeah, that's yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I think that was kind of uh, the the luxury of living with
0: like six guys in the university with having uh, some. <laughs> some training partners. Oh, totally. Was, yeah. Yeah, you started it with the Fun. twins and your brothers and then just graduated to your buddies. I know that... Exactly. Up, I know that growing up, uh, there's a bunch of us, like, there's like five of us who all lived in the bar, or sorry, lived in an apartment but all worked in the bars, and Scott Arnold, who's a massive man. He is an absolute beast, former uh, MMA fighter, huge. Twelve with yeah, like, yeah, yeah, Like, And then I would just be like, okay, let's go, Arnie, let's fight, and like literally it like literally within like two seconds, I wouldn't know where I was. And I was just like tangled together, like a, like a piece of fishing line. I'm just like, okay, okay, stop, stop. And I get back up and going, what the hell just happened? I try it again. And every single time I could not do a thing. Obviously, yeah. It's like speaking a a different language. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was just like, I was, I couldn't, there's literally nothing I could do. So that's, uh, that's, uh, fun. So, um, so you graduated on, you went, you went through, you went through all this and, uh, I'm just thinking of you, of us fighting right now and I'm just actually laughing at how quickly, how quickly <laughs> you would go, don't mess with the UFC fighters, people out there, don't mess. So you had the unfortunate, um, passing of, uh, your best friend, Evan. Yeah. Um, which was, uh, when did, when, when did he, pa- when did he pass? But-
1: he passed away, uh, September 8th, 2008 2000. and he was, uh, camping in the desert in California. He was, uh, he went on a, a mission. He's looking for gold and also just wanted to kind of, uh, remove himself from, uh, the city and get in touch with, uh, nature and himself. And, uh, he had plans to, uh, address his uh, his health uh, issues because prior to that he had had two fights in the ufc he lost to uh yushinokami and then he lost to kendall Grove. and he kind of was aware that the the impact that uh drinking had had on his system like his hormones were all of uh, balance and you know some days in the gym he'd be you know the, the Evan tanner you'd expect crushing everyone and then other days you know he'd have a hard time getting out of bed. And uh, when he was getting ready to fight, he decided, I hope it's one of those good days. So he, uh, he kind of planned this trip for a, a little while, and uh, he, was, he was well prepared. He had no intention of uh, passing away. But uh, the uh, temperature where he was camping kind of skyrocketed, and, and he was hoping to fill up uh, his water uh, at a creek. And it dried out so on the way back to the campsite he he just got completely lost uh just you know temperatures were super high and his brain wasn't functioning and just an awful tragic uh, Yeah, way to, way to go
0: yeah when you're, you're good friend your good friends along with that um but it looks like you gained um of course you gained a, a best friend and uh, i've never lost a best friend so that's uh I, I couldn't imagine, but in terms of that, you know, looking to you're a very positive guy. You have a very great outlook. I I love our chats. Not like we're best friends in the world, but we've always kept in touch. And I love your yeah. opt- I love your optimism and your view on things. And then that's going to lead to what you've done recently is that you've written a book. <laughs> you, yes. you, you wrote a book. I remember seeing this and going, "This is fantastic." And uh, it's really you know I we we talked on the phone and then you you sent it over to me and i read it you know front to back a couple of times and uh it's fantastic so did you you know did you take some of what you learned there and your experiences with him as your friend and your life and you just put it all into this book
1: yeah and i i think um the the book uh is essentially a, a you know compilation of, of um you know entries and and thoughts that uh kind of started right after you know, I uh, you know lost Evan, or uh, lost a fight, lost Evan, and then lost uh, kind of my career when I when I hurt my back, and uh, so it, it you know we talk We understand kind uh, you know optimist and, and the way I look at things is the positive lens uh, hasn't always been the case, and I think you know um, having lost a friend and, and like that um, and just Kind of feeling, uh, out of place, led to me uh, just wanting to capture those feelings down on, on, on paper. And uh, you know, I didn't really have an idea as to to where it would go or or what it would lead to. It was just kind of an outlet for me to to kind of um, get rid of those those uh, those feelings.
0: Mm-hmm. I- yeah I, I find that uh there's almost no better way to get kind of things out than just to write things on paper it's great it's it's medicine for the soul isn't it
1: I think so and i I think you know we had talked earlier um you know and especially with what's what's going on now mm-hmm. it's uh it feels kind of selfish to to look at things through an individual lens but um the the things that i uh, experience that led to uh kind of maybe uh the negative thoughts and negative feelings uh, i felt like I was aware that although our circumstances are different, you know we're all navigating this thing called life uh in our own way, and everybody experiences loss and everyone has uh, you know uh, really takes devastating blows uh along the way and it's how we get through those that, that define us. So I, I think, you know, being able to write things down for me was always a way of uh, you know, the therapeutic and I, I tried to write it in a way that was relatable to other people. More because obviously I think, you know, I do know who's gonna to want to read a journal <laughs> someone. But also I, I realized that you know, these experiences, although they're unique to to me, they're not uh, unique feelings. And, and I I wanted to kind of capture that in the book.
0: Yeah, you really hit the nail on the head. Like you, you certainly, um, I can relate to all of it. I feel like I could take a little piece of, uh, piece of everything from there. So I'm talking to Ian Daw, uh, one of my friends uh, at The Way of PK. And that's also his, the name of his book, Volume 1, The Way of PK by Ian Daw fantastic, um, book, great read. And it d- truly does give an insight into you, but also very relatable. Um, some, some positive, perhaps some negative circumstances, but certainly something for everybody to relate. So I want to read you, uh, can I read you a little excerpt and then just kind of get sure. your thoughts on it? Cause this is, uh, I have a few, uh, favorites and this is kind of one of mine is called acquaintance. It's cause there's a monster that maneuvers with, within me, a maniacal misfit who is satisfied only while shrouded in the shadows of my darkest thoughts a beast who, although dormant will never be tame uh, uh yeah do you, now do you remember where you were when you wrote that and uh it just seems like you know that kind of looks at something where you're you know battling battling some of those demons you got something inside but it's almost a mo- little bit moving forward but I'll let you kind of elaborate on it if you could
1: i think you know uh i kind of attributed um, my value as a person to a, a very, as a person uh, to a very small window um, in my life where I was, you know, the the professional athlete, I was, you know, um, gaining popularity. I had a good following. And then when it all ended, I I felt like I was a, uh, Uh, like a a victim uh, of like circumstance and I developed uh, an outlook that um, was pessimistic and always focused on um, what would have been taken from me. So when I would take a few steps forward and, you know, get a job, I think, oh, what's going to happen? Like, what am I going to do to lose this? Or, you know, meet somebody and like, what am I going to do to kind of stay all this relationship? Or how am I going to ruin this? And I lived that way for a long time. And uh, I think, you know, every now and then there's, there's glimpses of that person. And I've just found ways to kind of navigate those uh, you know, self-doubt um, and, and and try my best to focus on, you know, just being in the moment, enjoying where I am, enjoying, uh, you know, the, the company of those around me and focusing on growth instead of uh, kind of minimizing um, my self and my expression because of the
0: potential of loss. Right. Right. Yeah. I love the, uh, to be perfectly honest, I love the vulnerability about it. I love people that I admire and I look at that are, who in my terms, like are very successful and just great people. I love when people are vulnerable because that's where you get the most out of them. And that's where you get a true sign of that. And for you, not only with, thank you for sharing that uh, with regards to your acquaintance, but also just the whole book, like to put a book out there, you got, you have to be very vulnerable to do that. Like, were you nervous uh, before releasing it? You know I think for for I've been writing for a, a long time and and when I
1: was fighting um much like evan i I had a like a website and a blog and during you know when I put out a blog obviously when you're competing uh, a lot of the time you're you're surrounded by like yes men um so it was it was rare to kind of get negative feedback, but I was pretty nervous and uh quite quite worried that, you know, releasing a book with um that was basically all about uh, you know, like my my life and and kind of feelings. Yeah, it was definitely nerve wracking. Um and I, but again, I, I I think uh overall it was I needed to do that and I I, I had those things put down on paper and when uh you know, my fiance put the, the, the book together for me yeah. and uh, re- released it. Uh, it it, uh, it lifted a big weight off my, my shoulders for sure. And I think, uh, although I was nervous, it, it's, been, it's been awesome.
0: Yeah, well, it's been very, very, very well-received. Should I say very again? Very, very, very. It's been very well-received. Um, I... Thoroughly enjoyed it. I loved always following you um, within the book and then, yeah, and just reading it. It's just a great, I have it beside my bed there on my little nightstand with all my other uh, books and then I just pull it up and you can, the beauty of it is that it's um, just little segments here and there about your, your thoughts. And uh, that's what I really well, like. Can, it. Pardon me?
1: You can pick it up and read anywhere. I yeah. don't know.
0: Um, so where can we where can people find it? Like, because I'm going to post it on my social for you because I know that you were looking during that now that perhaps release a uh, a PDF perhaps of this. So where can people find it?
1: So it's uh, available on Blurb. Uh, if you Google the way a PK, it'll pop up, um, and it's available hardcover, softcover, and uh, as of today, uh, it's available as a, a PDF for. For everyone who uh, is keeping their social distance and <laughs> might want to to read
0: something new and support uh, people trying to uh, navigate this uh, yeah. isolation together. Yeah, and, uh, does everyone get a cool one signed like I did? Because I felt pretty special. Not nah, going to lie. Not going to lie. I was just like, fuck yeah, I got it signed too. That was great. You're lucky. <laughs> yeah.
1: well, uh, Ordering it uh, through Blurred. What I was trying to do. Uh, that I'd order some based on, uh, you know, people would message me if they wanted to get it, and I'd, I'd do a bulk order to kind of avoid uh, some shipping costs. But uh, if you go through Blur, um, it, uh, it's just going to come from the distributor, Yeah, unfortunately.
0: Unfortunately, no. Well, that's a special one for me. Thanks. No big deal. No big deal. <laughs> Well, man, I just, uh, again, I want to thank you, uh, for sharing everything from your fighting career to your life, to your, to your book. And now it's been great, uh, reconnecting with you and having these chats, man. So I just want to thank you again for, uh, for coming on and joining me. Thank you. Yeah, brother. And then, uh, I'm sure we'll be chatting with you here, uh, sooner than later. You got it. Thanks again, man. Yeah. You got to stay safe out there, brother. You too. All right. Bye-bye and that's my boy ian junkyard dog hope you enjoyed the episode i know we did we had a blast uh, he's gonna definitely be uh, a guest on a future pod when he releases his new book and as well as his future endeavor so thank you very much check out not enough mics on instagram not enough Mike's podcast on facebook and thanks again for listening love y'all peace